Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, here's a guy that joins us from time to time, and we're doing it live yeah, over in, in person. In, 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 his, <laughs> in his spot over here, Dave Dombrowski joins us. I, I want to start by asking you about the Jimmy Fund, because I'm wondering how aware you were. You obviously came into this ballpark as an employee of different teams, but the Jimmy Fund out there in right field and Jimmy Fund on the on the uh, on the the wall out there how aware were you and when did you first learn about this well actually pretty aware because when you come into boston throughout the years as many times as i did it gets a lot of publicity of course such a great cause that occasionally a luncheon discussions that take place so probably not to the extent as i do now where you see the cause that takes place and so many great causes that are that are tackled but you have some pulse coming in here and i think basically uh I think most people in baseball, if you've been in it in a while, coming in here, you have some pulse of it. Yeah, is it also kind of you look at the way your team reacts, the players, the involvement, and there's sort of a sense of pride knowing that the guys you have you brought in here, they get it as well. That must feel good. There's no question about it. it, it to me, it's amazing um, in that sense coming in here when you're involved in a lot of different causes and charity events throughout the years. I think the Jimmy Fund actually gets more than publicity and more cause and creates more money for treating cancer and various uh, illnesses than any probably in Major League Baseball. And I think the players get it, individuals get it. I'm amazed by the donations that come in on a regular basis from people and the amount of money that's raised. And it's great how good a job the Jimmy Fund does and the treatment that's uh, attached to the individuals. Are you, are you aware of the guys that spend a little bit extra time at Dana-Farber, the guys like Brock Holt, who really kind of, you know, make it their own Dustin Pedroia as another guy? A little bit, yeah. I, I have some feel of it, but, of course, our community relations department handles most of that, and we do a lot in the community all the time. But, yeah, there's some pulse of that to know what uh, their involvement is in that regard. You know, I, I know that they, they take the trip to spring training. I call it spring practice, okay? Because <laughs> okay, you are practicing baseball, and it's it, during the spring. I, I noticed okay, a little training. different type of talk yeah. from another yeah. sport, yeah. but that's okay. okay. I understand okay. that. Um, and, you know, and they, so they take the trip down there. Has there any? Has there ever been any requests? And we hear about all the requests that certain kids have, especially the, the young adults and some of the requests that they have. Has anyone said, hey, listen, I want to shadow Dave Dombrowski. <laughs> I want to see what it's like to be a GM. I want to get up early. I want to stay up late. I want to make the phone calls. Any, any requests like that? I have not, and I guess it's not surprising. I would gladly welcome it, but usually they don't want to be general managers. They want to be players, right? <laughs> when you're that age, you're thinking of, gee, I want to be a player and see what's attached to that. So I just saw a young lady that was on. Her name is Hannah, and she's singing today, God Bless America. I think it's America mm -hmm. the Beautiful. And I was telling her, and I said, because uh, I'll watch that specially because I said my daughter and her group are singing the national anthem here on Friday. Oh, okay. And so I said there's a special attachment. So you, you, you do see that, but it's more that they're interested in being singers or they're interested in being players, but not too many GMs at that age. No, you know what it is. We're the ones that want to be GMs. Well, yeah, well, that's understandable. Oh, yeah, that's I thought you were. Yeah, so I thought you were, actually. And managers and yeah, players yeah, and well, everything else. Well, let's get to that because we spent some time talking leading up to the trading deadline of what Dave Dombrowski should do. Mm -hmm. You ended up 
going out and getting Nunes. You ended up bringing Devers up here, and that's been the spark that you really needed. You've gone on a nice run here because of those two players, and they've been hot. Benintendi's been hot as well. Did you really believe at that time you were going to get this much out of those two players? Well, uh, be honest. No, I mean, you could never predict that somebody's going to hit 400 for you or Devers is going to come up and six hit six home runs at that age um, in 12 games, I think it is. We thought, I mean, I make the final decision, but, of course, good input with a lot of individuals and player development, scouting, had a lot of people look at Devers, a lot of people look at Nunez. We thought they would be good players for us and sort of sparks for us. Really, when you looked at our club, the biggest hole we had was third base. Right. It sort of stood out. I mean, everywhere else, maybe guys aren't performing as well as you would like them at times, but there's not really a, a big hole there. At third place, we had a hole regularly, so we need to be in a position where we could fill that. We felt both of them could do that. Um, Devers stepping up was really more a matter. And we moved him from double-A to triple-A and wanted to see how he would adjust, even though it was a short time period, with older players. But also, as the league already adjusted pitching to him, more off-speed stuff, trying to get him to chase out of the strike zone, better command of those type pitches. He handled it very well, and we thought it was worth it. But to say that he'd come up here and do what he's doing right now, I don't think you could ever predict that of any individual. Yeah, I think the impressive thing is I think his first home run he hit, uh, the one against Chapman and last night, all fastballs up, previous pitches he got beat on. And then the very next pitch, it's almost very similar, and he makes makes in-at-bat adjustments. Already, that um, you know, from the next pitch, that I think is impressive. Not for any hitter, let alone a twenty-year-old. Well, no question. Uh, and I would tip my cap to people in player development and Eddie Romero, who's our uh, my assistant, mm-hmm. one of my assistants. The one thing they kept saying about Rafael Devers, I kept saying, Dave, he's a baseball player. He's very talented. You could see the talent, but he's a baseball player. He will make the adjustments. He'll work hard. He won't get overwhelmed by what's taking place. And that's what's taken taking place here at this time. And, and you really can see the talent. I mean, anybody that sees him at a fastball by Chapman like that, mm. you almost think it's impossible to do that. I, I was sitting up there in Yankee Stadium by myself watching the game, and I got a text um, right then immediately. Boom. And I looked at it, and it was from Jim Leland. And he said, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's all he said. And so, and then last night he texted me again and said, who is this kid? You know, How about so, that when he clubbed last night? He went down deep in the yeah. strike zone for So it. he does make adjustments. Mm. He is a, um, a gifted player and yeah. a gifted hitter. You never could predict he'd do it this quickly. But I'll be surprised if he's not a really good big league player for a lot of years, offensively and defensively. Um, he's just very gifted, and he works hard, and he's a baseball player. And, and just the usually, it seems like the young kids come up and they surprise everybody. Nobody's quite figured out what their weak spot is. Have you noticed that this has taken a little bit longer for other? Been here, it has been here a long period of time, but do you see that maybe happening to him, like a little in, in preparing him for that? Listen, it's not always going to be this great, right? Well, it, we we did, and we have, but it's amazing because you already after the first couple games. They started to make an adjustment. You could see more off-speed stuff, more changes, speeds, more not consecutive pitches, the same pitches, so they would change from a fastball, breaking ball, change in that, in that regard, try to go up on them. But he, he makes quick adjustments in that regard. And I think the biggest thing is if he controls the strike zone, if he doesn't swing at too bad of pitches, uh, he'll be in a position where he does very well for himself because as the league adjusts to him, he does have an unusual bat. That, that bat has thunder. And he can also, which is unusual for a young guy, 
hit the ball to all fields mm-hmm. and hit the ball out of the ballpark to all fields, which most young guys don't do. Dave, you have a different lineup than you did last year. Obviously, no David Ortiz, so you, you go about your business differently. Um, base running has been a big topic. You guys are very aggressive, and at times, i can be honest, it's somewhat frustrating because I feel like there's a fine line between being aggressive and overly aggressive, situational baseball. Is this something that's kind of come from John as far as the, this is how we want to approach it, and do you see the difference at times. Do you see some frustrations with the way they run the bases? Well, I think anytime you make it on the bases, yeah. no matter who you are, you get frustrated. Um, I understand the philosophy. That's John's philosophy. He's there, you know, and we do have a um, more team speed than most mm-hmm. clubs do. Uh, it's our way of going about it. Sometimes you pay for it. Um, but, sure, I get frustrated just like anybody else. There's an out that I'll see somebody, and you know where they're cl- – you usually know where their mind is clicking, like, okay, I'm trying to get this extra base, or um, if I can get the third rather than being on second in this situation, and sometimes you get hurt, and you're, ideally you wouldn't like to see that happen, and frustrations come out, but that is the philosophy that's preached, and our guys are aggressive. Speaking of frustration, did you happen to have a chance to read the Pablo Sandoval article that was <laughs> in the Players' Tribune? Yes, I did read it. Okay, so... How do you? I'm not even going to get into it. Uh, but but how does that make you feel when you when you read about his reasonings or really his excuses for not being successful here? Well, you know, of course I wasn't here when he signed. Yeah. So I've only been here, and I know since I've been here, and I believe before I was here, every accommodation was made that we possibly could to try to help him. And it doesn't make you feel good when you see that, in the sense that, for me. Um, he didn't perform very well is really what it comes down to. And, and using that as a, a comfort feeling um, for a big league player, I don't think it's really a very good uh, excuse per se. I think it's up to him to try to make the adjustment. But the basic reality is it didn't work. He didn't play very well. And I think if he would have played well, he wouldn't. He would have felt comfortable as could be. But he didn't play very well. And, you know, it's, it's, that's why we made the change. And it was a very unfortunate situation. And we'll see what happens with him in San Francisco. Is there a point in time when you realized, even, you know, with the, the weight gain and the weight loss and, you know, the injuries and he came back, was, did you realize, like, you know, he just didn't have it anymore or he wasn't going to figure out it here under your watch? Well, I think really what it came down to for me is um, I give him credit, first of all, leading into this year. He did get himself into very good shape. He worked well, worked hard, worked on nutrition, worked on all of his skills, worked on the mental aspect of it. He did what was possible to try to succeed. But to me, what it ended up looking is that his skills had deteriorated. And sending him to AAA, even when we sent him on an injury rehabilitation assignment, he didn't do very well there. I still think he'll be able to hit some from the left-hand side. He was not a very good hitter from the right-hand side all along. But I think the biggest key for me was how he struggled on a defensive perspective also. So when I watched that, I just thought, not only myself, but others thinking that he just wasn't going to get it here. And I can't say if he'll go somewhere else that he'll be better. But I'm, you know, when you lose your defensive skills, which to me it looked like he had, and then you're in a position where you hurt yourself from a defensive perspective with a club that really has made an adjustment and tried to, to be a pitching forward organization, really depend upon it, you can't really had that type of hole so really it was more a matter for me just wasn't playing very well day in doubt basis and then at that point I I give ownership credit because that's a lot of dollars to to eat I mean that's a lot of money but the reality is that we tried to win try to win a championship and we felt the best way to do it would put somebody else at third base Dave you added another uh, guy into the bullpen the other day and I'm wondering as this plays out 
it seems to me that in the playoffs, bullpen is far more important, far more important. And we've seen teams win because their bullpen is stacked, and even though they don't have a great starting rotation. Are you comfortable right now with what you've got in the bullpen? Yes, I am. I mean, we, we're, we're talking here after a couple of days. We had a couple of bad days in New mm-hmm. York with Reed and Barnes didn't have a very good day. But Reed's a good pitcher. He's pitched very well. Barnes has done a good job for us. Uh, Kelly's solid out there. Workman, um, of course, Kimbrell at the end of the game. So, yeah, I'm very comfortable. And I also think, and I agree with you, how the importance that the bullpen plays. But if you do have a starting staff that gets you deeper into the games, that that's important too. And I do think that we have a starting staff that can get us deeper into most games than a lot of clubs can. It was kind of, uh, I guess, I don't know, it was an embarrassing moment, I guess, Sunday night with John trying to take Addison out and then you know, Willis already visiting him. And I'm curious, when you get a guy like Addison Reed, you acquire him, a closer, high leverage kind of guy. Is it, as far as you're concerned, John, I got your reliever, use him how you want, or is there a discussion, this is what we needed, this is what we got, he's a high-leverage guy, use him that way? Well, I, I really it's kind of a combination of both. And, I mean, it, he knows he's a high-leverage guy. That's mm-hmm. how we got him. Uh, that's why we got him, somebody that could pitch at the end of the game. But if he decides he wants to use him in the 7th or the 8th, that's more up to him, depending upon the matchups at those particular times. So that that, that part I always leave up to the manager. I never tell him you got to use him at such and such time period. But um, I, I think when you get a guy like Addison Reed, because before you get him, you're having a conversation with the manager, you know, with John, and saying, we're thinking of doing this. How do you see it? How do you see the fit? And do you, is he somebody you think we could use? And so you pretty well have that. You're all on the same page in that mm-hmm. regard. Dave, thanks for uh, bopping down to our spot out here in center field, and we will talk real soon. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, thanks for having Dave me. Dave Dombrowski. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t